Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Natasha. And this is On Behalf of All Women. What if we were entering into a new time? A time when the very systems of control and commerce that we had believed to be the status quo were somehow no longer relevant. What if we were faced with a new medium? A new network? Network, network, network. What if that time is now? Music. Now. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're really excited. Uh, this week we have the pleasure of being joined uh, by Yvonne Huffley. Uh, she's the co-CEO of Lagrelane, which is a collection of actors, creative investors, and philanthropists who strive to bring diverse and truthful storytelling to audiences through strategic film financing and content development. Welcome, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How's everybody's week going? Thank you for asking. I was just, uh, we were chatting a bit earlier, and um, the week is going wonderfully. It's just my husband is, uh, you know, he's an actor as well, so he left to go to Miami to do a play called One Night in Miami, and he'll be there for a couple of months. And then, so he left, and then my mom left, uh, so she has to go back because she's doing yoga teacher training. So it's been an interesting week of going, okay, me and my three children, how am I going to run this, the many ships that I have sailing right now? all at one time. So, um, but I will say I'm, I'm enjoying having this quiet time in my house. I don't think otherwise if I had a child home, I'd be doing this right here. So it's going well so far. <laughs> it's funny, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit, but Natasha and I were just at a conference yesterday for um, mom entrepreneurs. And I, I thought, I'm not a mom, but I thought that the um, the conversation was very interesting, just about how to kind of do entrepreneurship on your own terms. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was very clear early on as, as we began having children and also had this love of acting and then creating business that, that I really had to be in charge. I guess like when I, I, I the, the phrase that I, that I submitted was, on behalf of all women, I will have you know we are the architects of our existence, but chivalry is still nice. And I really feel like uh, when you're a mom and, and entrepreneurship actually are a wonderful combination because you, you get to be your own boss, you get to set your own hours, you get to decide who you're going to work with, and um, it can, you can create the hours around being a mom, and, mm-hmm. um, which is, is equally important to me as everything else. Now, am I good at doing it all at the same time? Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> but I know, <laughs> but I know that I get to, uh, basically architect, uh, based on the changing needs of my family, um, right. what it's going to look like and how it's going to look and learn trial by fire and understand what kinds of partnerships I need to create in order for all of that to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. whether it be with the teachers or the administration, you know, at school or with, a nanny or, or with a mom, with, with, with my mom or, or right. friends or, you know, and then, and, you know, and that's on just the household side of it. And then 
also on the other side of it is, you know, making space for creating all these business relationships in terms of, because, you know, making independent film is so much about collaboration. Um, right. And who do you, you know, who, uh, you know, the first thing for me is like, whose values do I line up with? You know, I'm not, ne- right. I'm not necessarily in that Hollywood mindset where go, 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 that, you know, that kind of, whatever stereotype people think of when it comes mm-hmm. to being in the world of Hollywood, that's not my, that's not my jam. My jam is like right. people who have core values of family and, and friends and just being kind. And then that's kind of, but you know, if you, if you're working for someone or working for a company, you're, uh, uh, unless you've already involved yourself with a company that has those values, um, you don't necessarily get to create that culture on your own, you know? So. Right. It's true. And it's interesting because, um, you know, I used to have a coaching uh, company that I was running before I, before um, we came together with Lioness, but the slogan for my company was it takes confidence to be you. <laughs> and I have been um, this week really meditating heavily on that statement because it does take confidence to be you and to kind of do life the way you want to do it. Um, I, in a previous career, I was a communications person, and I didn't necessarily fit the mold of your typical communications person as I was seeing them out throughout the company. They were more fast-talking, um, mm-hmm. just a completely, a completely different energy. And I had spent a lot of time trying to – try to fit that mold, but of course now I'm coming out very inauthentic, you know, when I'm trying to talk to right, others and do right. those things. And at one point I finally had to say, no, just be yourself. So I, I'm a little more laid back and a little more friendly, I think, <laughs> and, and, and I just started being using my own style. And then I started, you know, booking the interviews and um, and having more success on the job. And so it's even in spaces where, you know, obviously an entrepreneurship is amazing because you can create your own thing. Um, but even just reminding people that if you're in a place where you are following somebody else's rules, that you can still be yourself within that, whatever that, um, within whatever that business is or whatever that um, structure is that you're in, you know? Right, yeah. And I think for sure when you're putting yourself out there that way, um, there's a lot of, it's similar to, you know, when we decided to have children, there were a lot of things I had to face about who I was and who I am in order to be, in order to be a better mom, you know, my mm-hmm. own like past that I had to figure out about like what works, what doesn't work with the just trying to raise my children. And I feel like, I guess when you have a business, it's kind of the same thing. You got to give it love. You got to figure out who you are. You got to create, right. you know, all these kinds of uh, uh, touch points for, so that people can quickly um, either relate to you or say, okay, not for me, and they walk the other way, you know? Right. So true. We were talking before a little bit about, you know, being authentic and, you know, kind of architecting your existence. I totally agree that they kind of go hand in hand. You know, you kind of I, – I, I always tell Don this. This lady had told me a long time ago, well, Natasha, you know, we're kind of building the plane while we're flying it. Yeah, and I did not understand that. It used to make me so angry. I'm like, what the heck are you saying? You build a plane <laughs> and then you fly it, lady. Like, what is wrong with you? You know? But you know what? As long as you have a steering wheel, you're good. You just need a steering wheel. <laughs> and he have a parachute, by the way. <laughs> so it was like, it wasn't until, like, I was in entrepreneurship 
and like you're saying, and being a mother, because I'm the mom to one son, that I, you know, I really started to get it because it's like you can't predict everything. You know, if you have a dream, you're trying to chase it. You put yourself out there. You take the leap, and then you're like, oh, my God, I hope my parachute works kind of thing, you know? But mm-hmm. ah, I, used to, I used to get my blood boiling. What do you mean you're building it while you're flying it? And, but I agree. It's like um, we're kind of crafting the lives and the, and the businesses that we want as we're literally walking the path, you know? Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I was at the beginning of the school year sitting down going, okay. I got three kids who got to be three different places, and and sometimes I can't remember what day it is. So I basically mm-hmm. took an Excel sheet and set and literally like color coded each child and each person. And you know, I was like, I can't do it all by myself. Okay, so these are the, these are all the people who are going to do something. So this is the pickup schedule. This is the homework schedule. And um, it sounds completely anal, but once I put that all down. I felt so much more free because I didn't have to rely on my brain at any given moment to remember everything. But as I was mm-hmm. doing it, I thought, I am running. This is, this is, I, I'm learning from what I'm doing in terms of how to run my business better from being a mom because so many people depended upon my leadership in order to get through the day. You know, they come to me. They ask me what's going on, and I right. have to be able to tell them right away and yeah, which we totally wanted to unpack a little bit, um, your on behalf of all women state, statement, because we thought, man, there's so many layers to it. it. It's brilliant, by the way. And we loved that you capped it off with, but chivalry is still nice. You know what I'm saying? What does that mean to you, you know, in terms of when you wrote that? Um, well, I, I imagine that, you know, okay, so I thought, who's the audience for this particular uh, you know, on behalf of all women, meaning I think they're, I'm thinking that women are on all, we're all on the same team. We're trying to be on the same team. So who really is that audience? And to me, in my mind, it was, um, it was men. And, and then I thought um, that, that if you listen to us, if you listen to our needs and our wants of how we want to create our own lives rather than, you know, the existence having been, uh, you telling us what we need um, because whatever society told you that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, we're going to let you know, like, with how we need to craft our lives uh, and our businesses. And then, but at the same time, it's, it's still nice. Um, we still need your help to do that. And, I, and part of it also just came from, you know, my husband. Uh, he actually, I've always been like incredibly independent, but he was the one who kind of let me know that it's, that it's okay for him to open a door for me. <laughs> it's okay mm-hmm. for him to, you know, lay his cape across the puddle. It's okay, you know. And so that that's yeah. really where the chivalry is still nice came from, is that I know in order for me to create this world that I need, I need a partner in that and I need in that. And, um, and, 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 and and that's in the sense of, you know, architecting what happens at home, but even in the world of business, and we run a business together. It's a husband-wife team here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we really uh, value each other's opinions. And, um, and I also think that outside of that, that there are men who, can, who are consistently and opening doors for women 
um, and but even more so that could that could actually you know push the needle a little bit further um, and and letting women know it's okay to let a man open the door for you he doesn't mean anything by it all the time like we get to define what that is rather than taking the past and letting it define us you know yeah absolutely it's just it's been the struggle I think um, with women in particular in you know, whatever your relationship looks like for, for women to ask for help or to accept help. I think there's this um, this idea that you have to be independent and self-sufficient, and oftentimes we're the ones helping other people. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. I, loved how you, I loved how you said that, you know, your husband kind of had to teach you, like, you oh, know, it's okay for me to help you. It's okay for me to hold the door, you know. Mm-hmm. And he kind of helped you get to that understanding that, oh, it's okay, and not only is it okay, it's, it's really nice to have that kind of help and that kind of support. Um, I saw myself, um, as I got into a new relationship, struggling with that as well. I'm like, oh, he wants to do things for me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it is, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and it's, it's really yeah. nice. And, um, yeah, so as we kind of, and then to be able to go to the next step and then when I need something, actually ask for it um, has been a huge um, hurdle for me to overcome. But right. uh, once, you, once you do it, it, whether it's in a personal relationship or in the business world, you start to see doors opening up. You're like You have to get to a point where you're able to identify where you need help and ask for that help. I think there's so many of us out here just trying to do everything ourselves, and it's impossible to do that. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I, I so appreciated just the exercise of trying to figure out, okay, what would I say on behalf of all women? What is the biggest struggle that I see? Um, and uh, I think so many women stray away from being moms because they feel like they have to, they, they, they won't have the ability to do it on their, to architect it the way they want to. And, and I think it's possible mm. to do that whether you have, you know, if you have an income of $50,000 or you have an income of $100,000 or, of course, it's easier when you have a billion dollars, um, but there is access. In comparison to, to so many other places in the world, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I guess I'm speaking from a very American perspective, um, uh, you know, understanding that your audience is, is global, um, there, there is access. It's just everyone's road to getting there is very, very different. But when you give your power over to someone else before you've even used it, um, you know, in terms of architecting what that is, you know, you know, start with the power that you've been God given <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or for whatever spiritual guide you believe in that you've been innately given um, and know that you can be an architect. And then other people will be inspired by you and they will rail against you. They will also be inspired by you. Um, I have to tell myself that all the time. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, I would stick to not being scared and just stay with what was comfortable. Right. So and true. how do you and deal with? Oh, good. No, go right ahead. No, because I was going to say that rail against because I, I we've experienced some of that. You know, people rail against you and then they're inspired by you. Um, how do you deal with that railing against? Because I feel that sometimes, and you kind of alluded to it yourself. There's that pressure to just be like everybody else and just do what everybody else is doing and have the same complaints as everybody else and just, just fit in. Um, how did you get to that place where you 
just were like, no, I've got to, I've got to do this my way. Um. Well, I, I think part of it is that I know that I've got, like, I've got two young girls depending upon me. <laughs> so sometimes I don't do it for myself. I do it for them as women, and I do it for my son, you know. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of what getting outside of, getting outside of my own existence um, is very helpful. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to think of, a time where in the business world where I felt like, you know, it was all, it, it was railing against me. I, I feel like most of the time it's me interpreting what other people are saying and having that rail against me rather than someone actually saying to me, you can't do this, you know, mm. because what I trained myself to do was go, okay, you're not my people. Time to move on. Do you know what I mean? I don't have time to right. time to go on. So, <laughs> I appreciate when people. I've I've learned to appreciate because I'm one of those. I'm the type of person will, that will try to fit, you know, a circle into a square. And I've had to learn that if I cannot fit that circle into a square, there is a reason for that, and it's time to move on. Mm. You know, in terms of a project that comes our way, and we can't figure out why it's taking so long to negotiate, or uh, or or an artist that we're trying to work with, but we can't seem to get in touch with them, or you're in a relationship, in an artistic relationship with someone, and it's just you're, you can't seem to find common ground, and it's just because you know it's impossible to get on the same page. It's time to say thank you so much, um, all due respect, because I appreciate our relationship. We got to move on, you know. I love that. I love what you said, the you're not my people. I think um, I am a person that, what you, how you describe yourself, I, let's say if somebody I don't feel like you've dealt with me fairly, mm-hmm. I may give you another opportunity to redeem yourself. And I think over the last year or so, I'm really – trying to get myself to a point that, you know what, it's okay not to give you another opportunity to redeem yourself. And Mm -hmm. you're just not my people, and maybe I'm not your people. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I know I keep bringing it back to this, but I have, you know, that's why I say, like, coming back to being a mom, like, I got a lot of stuff to get done today. I do. And so it just it has allowed me and taught me how to be efficient. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. great word efficiency because I think um, you know Natasha and I have been on this journey together, and it hasn't been just one time of allowing people to come back and redeem themselves. We have given people multiple times, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's time wasters because the person, you know, it was a it wasn't a fit the first time. It was a circle trying to be forced into a square, and um, to really be able to see that it's not a fit and to say that it's okay. And it doesn't, it's, it's absolutely okay. It's not a good fit. And to just really move on, that would be very efficient. <laughs> you know, coming back, you know, wasting time, yeah. you know, trying to make it fit and it doesn't fit. So that, that's Yeah, great. I know. Yeah, I appreciate, like, I read a little bit about you guys. I'm sorry, who was the one who, who, who which of you is the coach, you used to coach in your, Oh, you that's that? me, Dawn. Yeah. Dawn, mm-hmm. Dawn, yeah. 
and so I loved reading that about, you know, the perspective that you came from as well, you know, and, and one of the things I learned just from having been involved in other situations where I've been coached, um, they, they just really taking on that idea that I'm sure you've heard it many times, but sometimes saying no, you know, really opens the door for a yes. And, oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that that, you, you don't quite know what that is until you've actually experienced saying no to someone and then something else comes through the door. Um, it seems like this kind of far-fetched idea until it actually happens. And then you go, mm-hmm. aha, that's what it is. I mean, when I, you know, when I was focusing just on acting, I just kept trying to, you know, take every job I could get and do every single thing that was out there. Anytime somebody asked me for something, but it wasn't exactly the thing that I wanted to do. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. exactly the thing that I wanted to say, that I wanted to talk about in the world. I would say yes, but then my schedule would get really super full, and then I couldn't say yes to the, you know, I had to say no to the things that I really wanted. So being very clear about who I am and what I have to say in the world as mm-hmm. an actor, um, that taught me to really, um, that taught me to say, if, I, if I'm not feeling it fully, you know, I'm not only doing disservice to myself, I'm doing disservice to the person who's been trying to nurture that project from the very beginning because they need people right. who, who truly, truly believe in that. And if I cannot give that, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel about when we invest in projects. Like, if I don't feel it down to my core, um, and, you know, in terms of, like, how you surround an independent film, because um, each one is their own little entrepreneurial journey, um, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need anybody there who's, who's there to just, get a job. You need everybody who down to their core in one way or the other feel that it is so important. And if you say, if, you, if I ask you to do something, you say no, I just say thank you and I move on. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> every time you try to get somebody, it'll be that one person that you hunted down. They said yes, right. finally. And it's because of them it's not going well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of when I used to uh, be in sales. And um, I learned that really hard way with selling because it was the person who was asking for all the discounts or, you know, just was um, – I was bending over backwards to get that sale. Those are the people they never paid their bill. <laughs> oh. You know, they they were the people – I mean, you would end up with a chargeback because you get the commission up front and then, you know – when they when people don't pay, you you end up um, that gets deducted, you know, out of your future. Oh no! Um, and you're like, oh man! But I spent so much time closing that deal, and so I, I began to learn that, like, okay, this these people that you have to work so hard to get is is actually not supposed to be that hard, <laughs> and um, you're gonna pay for that later. Shivering is a nice thing. I think that <laughs> I, that I love about that statement. Okay, it, first of all, it made me think of the word of seven of feminism, okay, maybe think of that word, because I feel like it's a word that has gotten a bad rap, okay, I feel like um, people think that feminism means a certain type of thing, so I definitely wanted to ask you too, what does feminism mean to you? To me, it means that I have the option to do whatever the heck I want to do, so I don't feel like if, if you, if a person says, hey, a woman says, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I don't even, I don't even want to put the word just in front of that. Um, and I want to take care of my family, and this brings me fulfillment. To me, that's feminism. Do it if you want to. Um, I want to go 
run a Fortune 500 company. Go and do that. I hate that I feel like um, sometimes, especially on social media, you'll see somebody, some woman might say something, they'll say, well, that is anti-feminism, okay? And I'm like, well, if that's her belief, how can it necessarily be anti-feminism? You know, um, for me, like um, Don and I, obviously, we're, we're trying to build this company and we're doing a lot of work and um, you're, you always have to make a lot of decisions and that kind of thing. And so for me, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, I think it's great if I could come home and I don't have to make decisions in this space. If I get to have a husband that says, you know what, I'm going to take care of X, Y, or Z, or that to me is like really exciting. And so uh, around the guise of feminism, I'm always like, Yes, the, the option to do whatever I want to do. What does feminism mean to the both of you? Well, I think it started off meaning, um, I feel like it started off with this feeling of like, uh, I need to lift up women uh, in spite of men. Whatever the man says, they're the reason why I feel, you know, um, the, the reason that I feel like I cannot accomplish anything. And that feminism is, is really about, like, lifting up women and um, showing that they have power. But I feel like now that my brand of feminism um, has turned into um, uh, I have the power. It is in me. I'm not reaching for it. And similar to what you said, it's more about um, my constant, uh, as a storyteller, is to uh, keep showing like how women have uh, shining light on how women um, have contributed to this country, contributed to uh, our global community um, in a way that history has just kept in the dark. And so now it's like knowing that we have that power for me. Um, and I'm talking about feminism from the point of view of like, you know, a child growing up in the 70s and seeing what that meant for women during that time and not like allowing that to be my definition anymore. Uh, but now it being that it's about celebrating women. It's about being the person being in control of saying how I would like for it to go. Um, it's more like that for me. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a great question. I think that when I first, you know, started learning about feminism and reading about the feminist movement and everything, that I thought what it looked like to me was women trying to be like men and, mm -hmm. um, you know, showing up to work in the gray suits. I mean, they're getting into the workforce and in order to advance really stimulating manhood, you know. And, um, and now it feels like more of a celebration of womanhood. womanhood. Um, I think – I agree with you, Natasha, that whatever that looks like to you, then I, I think that would be the, probably the purest form of feminism for you to, to show up as a woman, whatever that looks like for you, and to, to live that truth. Um, yeah, I just feel like, and I mean, we're, we say this podcast is for candid talk, but I don't want to pretend like I'm not really suffering from excruciating cramps. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't want to go to work and be. I don't want to go to work and tell everybody I'm having cramps. But I also just don't want to pretend that this is not a thing that is happening to me every month. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, and so I feel like we went so far that um, there wasn't a space to just 
for that. That's a reality of, of womanhood. You know, there's some things that we deal with that men, they don't have to deal with um, in the same ways. And there was no, no space for that. And I don't know how to create space for that in the workplace. It's something that, you know, as we kind of build by us, I'll probably think about because, no, we can't have you taking a week off a month, you know, because, um, <laughs> because something <laughs> is happening. But at the same time, you may be under some stress. You know what I mean? So I, don't, so I still don't know what it fully looks like, but I, I always thought, huh, I wish we did this differently, and we did it in a way that allowed us to just um, – to be who we are, but to be celebrated and powerful exactly how we are, not trying to simulate what men are. Right. I mean, the only way that's going to happen is if – I don't – I mean, actually, I don't want to say that. That feels bleak, but I, is to make sure that the people – that's why so many more women-led entrepreneurial – I'm sorry, women-led businesses need to be out there because they, there is an inherent understanding of all of that. And, um, mm. and so you know, I always think of that, you know, what film really uh, struck me as I was growing up was the film um, Nine to Five. Do you guys remember that? With Sally oh, Parton I love that movie. And, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was the first time. I, you know, I don't know how old I was when I saw that movie. I don't know. But I remembered always having this imprint on me that, you know, this guy, you know, you know, men might watch it and go, okay, what are you guys saying about us? But it was the first time as a child where I was like, yeah, look at the women, the way they're running it. Like now they're really taking mm-hmm. care of each other and they're doing it so much better and the office looks so much more nice and everybody seems happy to be working there. And, yeah. and, and, I'm, and it just seemed like, oh, um, if he had just listened to them, you know, his work, his business, and his workplace would be much more successful. Um, but that always in, in, was in, in my brain in terms of a film, the way Hollywood might have. I mean, there were plenty of other films at that time where I'm like, oh God, I, that is totally misogynistic. I should not be watching mm-hmm. that. But that was one in particular <laughs> um, showed me the power of women. Then, as a as a young person, I'd never seen before. Um, That's a yeah. Great I mean, segue. imagine maybe we need to talk to men and say, okay, what kind of things do you guys go through that we don't know about? Right. Oh, and true. then we can draw some correlations. Oh, yeah. It's funny because my son, my son now is, he just turned 20 this summer, and raising him gave me a little window into some of those things um, that I never, ever, ever crossed my mind, you know, because you're a young man. I mean, oh, I, when he was in high school, well, from middle school going to high school, I know one of the things that, well, I learned that they deal with is, you could just at that age have a random erection while you're eating lunch, and now the bell rang and I got to get up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, stuff like that. <laughs> that never crossed my mind. And I was like, oh shoot, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> never, you know. So sometimes I think you might, you know, think about when you were in high school. Some guy was acting like a dick or something. He might have just been try to hide himself with his book bag. Like, who the heck knows, you know? So, mm. so true. There are so many things that we deal with, men and female, that, you know, the opposite sex fight doesn't even have a clue about. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love this. <laughs> I think the thing that has to be, you know, talked about in terms of feminism, and that's why I was, you know, I love that you brought this idea of, like, chivalry and feminism, do those actually go together? Um, but that it is this ongoing 
phrase that is determined by uh, that is determined by our current community. You know, like it doesn't mean what it meant in the seventies or in the eighties. There are certain sure aspects of that, and I, I mean, I'm not a historian on the progress of feminism, but I feel like the ability to be able to define it for who we are right now. Um, it, it, that's, I think that's an important gift to give to our children, you know. Um, oh, yeah. is, this, is this idea that the words of, like, diversity, equity, uh, equity, inclusion, feminism, um, they're not, they're not, um, they're not words that are, are just kept in one time. They evolve with, and hopefully for the better, you know, with love in our hearts, uh, it begins <laughs> to really reflect what people know that they get to change that, that, that meaning and that value. Yes, and 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 that um, God, feminism does not mean anti men, because I feel yeah, like that right. is like this yeah. running narrative. It's like no, that's not what that means. Um, no, I, I, I I couldn't agree more. Speaking of narratives, I wanted to ask you because I know part of your mission with the work that you guys are doing with your company is you know elevating female-driven narratives um, and women's perspectives. Could you talk a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on and some women um, who are kind of really taking the lead in terms of whether that's in filmmaking or entertainment um, that are really pushing, you know, the female narrative right now? Um, well, you know what? I, you know, being, um, being in the independent world that, uh, I actually get to see, I got to meet so many artists who maybe have not made it on a national platform, um, you know, writing, directing, starring in their own, um, in their own projects. Uh, one of the projects that we did called Night Comes On, um, heavily supported by Sundance Institute, Jordana Spiro, um, it's her... She co-wrote it with a woman named um, uh, Angelique, and the two of them wrote this film. Uh, it's starring women, and so I think that she's someone for sure that uh, has gone from being just an actor to being a director and to being a voice. Um, another film that we did, it's a, um, a documentary called 306 Hollywood, uh, directed by a brother-sister team. Um, but both of them, Elan in her own, in her own right is, you know, just a, uh, their, their view of, you know, telling this story, making 306 Hollywood is about their grandmother. And so to see a grant from granddaughter to grandmother talking about, uh, you know, the grandmother had passed. And so they went in and they architect, they went in as architectural anthropologists and went into her home and told a story about her life and, you know, her mother, their grandmother is the center of that story. Um, another woman uh, that we worked with, Laura Nix, huge in the documentary world. Um, she uh, directed it and also a female producer directed a documentary called Inventing Tomorrow uh, about they're trying to figure out how these young children from around the world, girls and boys, are trying to figure out how to solve uh, climate change. Um, so that's why I like living in this world because they're not necessarily directors who have like this that are at the uh, level of like a, an Ava DuVernay, you know, 
But mm-hmm. uh, I certainly love women like Ava are uh, really, really helping women of all colors and backgrounds, you know, at least within this lifetime of ours, uh, in case, you know, maybe you don't have a deep, deep understanding and history of all the women in Hollywood who've been able to, you know, for the narrative of women. But certainly now, I think um, they're able to do that. Um, Elizabeth Banks, with Pitch, I think she's the one who directed Pitch Perfect. Um, Wonder Woman, okay. like all of these kinds of films, like they're definitely opening it up for women. Um, and and there, is a, there is a movement, at least in storytelling. It is our time in a sense that that's what we, and that's why we created our company was to really have a part of it, having women be at the center. Oh, no, it is. I was just I was going to talk about Ozark because Natasha and I both watch Ozark on Netflix, and um, I was going to ask you, Natasha, actually, to talk about what you had noticed about the characters on that in the second season, the the well, women characters. Oh yeah. So do do you watch Ozark, Yvonne? I don't. I know that Jordana's on it, which I didn't realize. Um, Jordana Spear, who did Night Comes On. Did you guys know that? Is that why you asked no. about Ozark? No, actually, that's yeah. a coincidence. Oh, that's a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to look it up just to make sure. I think it is because that's the only way. That's how I like really knew about that show. I went, oh my god, she's on this show called Ozark. Let me look this up. I was like, oh, this looks amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, no. But go ahead. Talk. What were you going to say? I love Ozark? the show. First of all, I'm a diehard Jason Bateman fan. Okay, yeah. but um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. one of the things that I loved about season two of Ozark is I felt like the show began focused on Jason Bateman and, you know, this mob world and, and you know, moving out to the Ozarks and he, he needed longer money. Season two, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, really positioned some really strong female characters and um, not like as these side pieces, but at, it, they ended up kind of masterminding things that were unfolding in the story. And I thought it was really interesting and really cool and that at the end of the show, at the end of the season, it was kind of, and you know, um, full disclosure to anybody if you're, you're in the midst of watching the show, I don't want to spoil it for you, spoiler alert, but <laughs> they left season two in a way where it was like if you were playing chess, now all the power pieces were being held by women. And I thought it was so cool and so dope mm. and so rare that you see that. Um, right. Because just like The Sopranos is another show that I just, I loved. And Carmela was like a really strong character. But you didn't mastermind or really push the storyline. Mm-hmm. And so it was really amazing to see those female characters used that way, all the way down to the children. Because... Yes, he has a son and a daughter, but it was like the daughter who was driving the narrative around the childhood stuff, right? She was the one who was like leading these discussions with her brother and taking charge and all this kind of stuff. And I thought from, from, a, from the youngest character to the eldest, I, there was something about the way that they were using the women that I just thought was amazing. Wow. I'm, sorry, I'm just going online to see who, because some of it, so much of it matters, you know, like who's on, who's on their team. Um, oh, so yeah. Like they have like, they have two women on their, they only have two women on their team in terms of writing. Hmm. 
Because a lot of that matters about when, when things start changing like that. Um, right. And that's why it's so important for women, I think, to learn how to be entrepreneurial is to figure out, like, how do you get in the room? How do you stay there? Mm-hmm. And how do you be in charge of it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so series produced by one, two, three. It looks like four women are on it. Oh, wow. As producers? Oh, okay. As producers, yeah. Wow. Wow, and, wow, wow. Uh, wow. Like those kinds of things are, it's still, um, and they have two women who are editing it. Oh, that is amazing. A lot of the real work happens in the editing room. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, they have a, uh, they, it, it, and so you look at, I'm sorry, I know, I'm looking at IMDb, and they have 18 episodes, and then um, they have like one woman who did two of the episodes in production design. So... It's interesting, right, like to kind of go and, and look on there and see how are women a part of the story just by being in the room. Yeah, yeah. and, and you thank know. you for doing that because Donna and I have been talking about this, but it goes to show why you can see that unfolding on the screen like that if you have all of those women behind it. Um, oh, that's exciting. So that answers that question, Natasha. We were just talking about that last week. We were like, yeah, why is <laughs> We thought it was cool, but we didn't know really why it was happening. So that's awesome. But also when you have somebody like a Laura Linney, she's going to fight for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> she's going to make amazing. sure. Yeah. I, I totally see her as someone who is highly aware of, of that kind of presence um, on and off the screen. I, I think that's we're going to have a different like, generation of women coming up right now in terms of the availability of women-centered stories that they're able to see and on so many different platforms than when I was growing up. Um, and so some of them are probably not even going to understand, like, what does this world of feminism mean? Because they've had the privilege, which they don't even know is a privilege yet, of, of seeing many more, unlike some of the younger shows, you know, like when you look at um, shows that are really directed at like 9 to 18 years old, you know, like there are a lot mm-hmm. of women-centered stories there. And I, right. I really do feel like it's, you know, we talk about feminism, we talk about all of that, like they're the next generation of who will be able to create stories. And so just to continually give them space, you know, to know that, at least for me, that writing is just as important as, you know, owning your own, being a doctor, because you're mm-hmm. actually in charge of all, in charge of being able to show who's at the center of that story, whether it be, and, let, and allow it to be a woman, and um, allow it to be a person of color. There's a, a young woman um, at my preschool, and, you know, she's been there for seven years, uh, and she got a job as a PA. She's Latina, Latinx. And one of the things I told her, I said, this is such an amazing opportunity for you. Like, you are, you are a Latina woman, and you have the opportunity to um, tell animated stories, and you get to figure out how to do it from your perspective. You know, you learn right now as a PA but how awesome will it be that if what you really want to do is to create, create content from your specific point of view, you get to do that, you know? Right. And it is a woman that was giving her a chance. And I don't know of many animated series that are specifically from 
her perspective, you know. Right. Um, right. It's just as a powerful tool as seeing female doctors, seeing female lawyers, seeing and, and or even just deciding to not, you said earlier, don't say just, but that's what I just said, but I don't mean to say that. <laughs> as important as being a mom. <laughs> right. That, 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 that's the remnant of feminism, right? Saying the word just. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a remnant of us still, like you, I see like how it is in me to think that way. You me know too. what I mean? Me too. I was thinking about the, um, as you're talking about animated series, um, I don't know if you have seen the comedy special. We, I watch a lot of Netflix, um, Kamau Bell on Netflix, but he has this really funny joke about his daughter because um, she grew up watching Doc McStuffins. And so Doc McStuffins is an is a animated series about a, um, a little girl who's like a, she, she's like a doctor to her stuffed animals, and she's, and she's African-American. And then her mother in the cartoon is an African-American doctor. And I guess on, during commercial breaks on that show, they show you real-life African-American doctors from around the country. And so his daughter believed that doctors were African-American women. And so when he takes her to the doctor's office, she was all excited about going to the doctor and he was shocked when she got there because the doctor was a white man. You know? <laughs> because she was, wow. <laughs> she's like, this isn't a doctor. Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> so, but that's the power of having, you know, representation for, you know, females, for, for women, for minorities, for people of color and everything in all areas, you know. I love that story. I love that story. <laughs> that is that is great. I mean, I, I, you know, when we started our company, one of the things I thought, you know, is if, 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 I'm in, if I'm either, you know, producing or in a film or a play that a young person will look full, whether they be white or black or whatever, that they can look up to me as a role model and they can mm-hmm. say that, oh, I'm inspired by that person without, without even acknowledging that, the, you know, for them, from their, from their young perspective, oh, it's about race, it's about this, but that just becomes a natural part of their existence that they don't question, you know? (laughs) Like that's part of, in storytelling, that I want to be able to to do. And even as a, you know, women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who are women, I think that any of the or man, young boy would go, oh, yeah, women are doing this, and so why can't my sister do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's a, such a great story. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to ask my children now, like, what do you think the doctors are? Because <laughs> yeah. they grew up on Dr. Stuffin, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and that's what also just gets me really excited about the time that we live in, because, Yvonne, like you said, a young person could watch you or a production that you've put on and be inspired and go home and actually create something right then themselves and put it mm-hmm. online or edit it themselves and get it out to people. Like there's not, you know, growing up I felt like um, there was always a gatekeeper you had to get to or I should say through in order to fulfill your dream, whatever it was, right? I, I got to get an internship. Somebody has to um, give me clearance in order for me to get to the next step. And what I love about today is that's not necessarily true. 
I can take the next step and create something and deliver it directly to my audience without a middleman. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah. exciting. You know, from animation to, you know, television and, or online TV, or it's just, it's an exciting time in terms of content creation. I think so, and I think as long as you're committed to your craft, there's lots of people put a lot of different kinds of things out there that I'm like, why did you put that out there? But as long as you're committed, <laughs> why you know, did I don't you want to myself like, <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as you're committed to your craft, uh, and at the same time, you know, utilize true grit to get what you want out there. Um, and then understand how important partnerships are, um, then, then, then the sky's the limit, you know. No, no different than, you know, trying to run your own business. Well, I want to thank you um, ladies so much for having some just really good conversation around feminism and entrepreneurship. I'm all jazzed up. Dot already knows. I get all excited. <laughs> I start talking fast. My heart's beating really fast. fast. I'm breathing shallow. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> I get out of breath, but I get so fired up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm picking you guys up. We're both gonna go take over the world." I, I get going. So, um, <laughs> Yvonne, I just really want to thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us today to talk about your work and what it's like being a female entrepreneur today and doing it while being a wife and a mother. We commend you and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been this has been really really fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I, I think it was a great conversation, and I don't think that um, there's anything I can say that will add to it. Well, we just want to thank you guys for joining us, and as always, unleash the lioness within and rock your day. <laughs>